0: Hello and welcome to Criterion. Cool <laughs> that was a good one. Uh. Mark. Mark. <laughs> Should I yell really loud? I'm in the other room. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Let, let me let me give you a lighter. <laughs> I, that that meant nothing. <laughs> Do do you typically come up with these ahead of time? I, I'm assuming you do. That was good. That was that, that one I did. That one I nice. did. Oh, so, perfect. Um, yeah, oh, that's great. You,
1: sometimes not. Sometimes I, I just think of them spur of the moment. Sometimes right. uh, sometimes like it'll come to me that morning. Oh, I'm gonna do
0: right. this. Right. So, oh yeah, uh, it's perfect. <laughs> this one this one did come to me. I, I was, was kind of the film. I was anticipating what you were gonna do. It's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was just in the other room.
0: That's all it was. Right. Um,
1: nothing else. <laughs>
0: Uh, well at least I can see you I, I feel I feel better that I can see you and know that you're not uh, actually you know in dire straits
1: appreciate that uh, yeah I'm uh, I had eggs for, for breakfast but they weren't golden <laughs> just say that
0: <laughs> nice well this is the Criterion close-up episode 53 I'm Mark herney here with and uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, we will be talking today about uh, the vanishing uh, from... George Slauser, I believe the pronunciation is. So I'm gonna go with Slauser. That's what I found.
1: Slauser? Yeah. Slauser? Slauser? Sure. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure we'll be get, we'll get corrected by somebody. We'll get corrected. Wrong. Yeah. Or if so. we're right.
0: Yeah, it's weird because I I think he's uh, it's a mix of Dutch and something, but for the pronunciation I saw was Slauser, which sounds German to me. So I don't know. Someone someone let us know.
1: Yep. Yeah. Was it Belgian? Maybe I know. I can tell he has some Belgium connections.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, who knows? Probably Belgian. So, yeah, talking about the the vanishing today. uh, Blu-ray upgrade. Can't quite remember when that came out. I think just a couple years ago, if I remember. Sorry, it was Norwegian. (laughs) Norwegian. (laughs) Thank you, Google. And uh, so, and we wanted to thank. uh, Just looking back, as we like to do, uh, thank Eric Ford for joining us last week on Carnival of Souls. We've had a lot of good feedback on that. It's been a popular episode. People like their horror. A lot of people uh, seem to like that movie, so it's great. Yeah,
1: I I had no idea. Just this cult film from the uh, the '60s that nobody saw for a long time. Uh, Right. (laughs) But yeah, people, uh, we had a great, a lot of great feedback uh, about that, and uh, and about Eric. Uh, Eric was a blast to have, so um, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Eric. And I, I guess his uh, film festival starts this week.
0: Yeah, it yep, starts um, Friday. So, well, you know, depending on when this episode goes, uh, yeah, it starts on the the twenty first. So right, yeah, yep, yep. and it goes so, for yep. just over a week. I'm hoping to catch a few films, so I'll be in and out. But we'll we'll do some podcasting in between too. A
1: so. little bit, yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of which. Uh, we, and speaking of horror, we have a few shows coming up uh, uh, our, for our October and a little bit of November. <laughs>
0: That's right. Might as well continue it. We've got, uh, well, bringing back, we're, we're, I, I don't know if this is the right thing to, to do, but I, I don't know. I called it House Revisited because house. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> lost the, the episode last time. So yeah, going back to it.
1: We're going to do House again. Yeah. yeah. So uh, i not sure how... Uh, we, we have a couple ideas brewing. It might just be like this. Uh, it might right. be something special, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be awesome. Awesome.
0: Maybe awesome. we'll just have to talk about we we'll it. Re, re, that will be our, you know, every year uh, around Horror Month, we'll talk about house maybe, or maybe we'll get sick of it. I don't know. We'll How see. about every month we'll just talk yeah. about house? <laughs> <laughs> talk about pianos and. Yeah, cats. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and then after House, the next week, we, we're actually, we've got a couple of del Toro films. So we've got, uh, we're going to talk about his first feature, Kronos. So that'll be fun. And uh, I'll just skip ahead into November is uh, Pan's Labyrinth. So we're going to uh, touch yeah. on those two.
1: Yeah, the the two uh, two thirds of the trilogia, which is coming out, or, or maybe has come out, depending on when this episode goes up. Yeah, yeah that's uh, right. Some people already have it, actually. We're, we're taping this on Saturday, yeah. at the 15th, by the way. But uh,
0: Yeah. so yeah. And then uh, another one that could be considered horror-ish, um, kind of noir-ish, maybe. It uh, crosses a lot of genres with Blood Simple. So that'll be, that'll it be a has, lot of fun.
1: has blood in the title. I think that's it's fair game. Sure. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I can see it, it. It's as much horror as this one, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a good more, point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, The Vanishing.
0: Yeah. So... But, uh, and you know, we've got a lot to talk about with The Vanishing, but we, you know, since we don't have a, another big subtopic, we're, we're going to do short takes this week. So, Again, yeah, awesome. Yeah, hadn't done those for a little while. I did them last week. So, yeah, just a couple films, you know, what we've been watching recently. So, uh, Aaron, what what'd you watch?
1: I watched uh, not as many this week, but uh, I'll start with a big one, uh, The Tendrum by uh, Volker Schlondorf. Oh, cool. Was that a first you- time for you? It was a first time, uh, cool. but I, I like uh, I like his other work, uh, and I've, of course, I've seen a lot of new German cinema. Of course, he, his is pretty different, uh, you know, more serious. Uh, in fact, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I expected mm. a very serious take on the war, uh, you know, kind of a, a war epic, so to speak, which it was, but there was a... Have you seen it?
0: I have. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's know, the only film of his I've seen, actually, so... Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Um I recommend uh, Coup de Gras, um, and then Young Torless, and uh, The Lost Honor of Katarina Bloom. Very good. I, I like him as a director.
0: Yeah, all on all Criterion, yep. Yeah,
1: he's he's a, a mainstay there. Um, and this, but I was surprised by some of the, uh, I don't want to say comic elements, because there there weren't a lot of laughs, you know, <laughs> but more, and I don't want to say surreal either, it's kind of a little bit in between. Mm. Uh, uh, and I, I, don't, I was thinking about giving the premise, but probably not a lot of people have seen this. And I, I think it's actually worth going in blind, just knowing that it's Absolutely. not your, yeah. your garden variety take on the war. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I and it, it won the Palme d'Or, and it won the Oscar for for Best Foreign Film, which is pretty rare. And yeah. uh, it's a very celebrated, a long film, about three hours, but it, it does cover a lot of uh, history in a very, uh, from a extremely unique perspective. And yeah. In fact, I'd say about this, yeah, I've never seen a perspective like that before.
0: No. No, uh, no. I I loved it, I loved, like you said, going in blind. Um, you know, I thought everything was well deserved, and made me mm-hmm. want to see more more of his work. So, yeah. I, yeah. It, it is funny. I mean, I, I there were some moments where I can't remember if I really laughed out loud, but I I did find some humor in it, like you did for sure.
1: Yeah. Actually, I don't think you've seen Underground yet, which. Came no. a couple de- decades later or a decade and a half later, but uh, it's similar to that. Uh, if, if you like this, you're going to love Underground. Um, so yes. I, I definitely see the, the connection there. Uh, so yeah, I, there were some funny parts. There, there were some controversial parts, too. Uh, in fact, <laughs> when I told Andrea, my wife, when I, I was watching it, she said, oh, have you seen such and such scene yet? I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't. Yeah. So yeah, I, I liked it uh, quite a bit. I, it's it's one that has to settle a good bit. I just finished it a couple of days ago. Mm, so it's, it's a not one later. I'm, I'm yeah. not ready to write a thesis about it, but uh <laughs> uh pretty pretty profound uh, and interesting and yeah, maybe worth a revisit at some point.
0: Yeah, I think it's his only Blu-ray if I remember, so maybe we'll, you know, talk about it on the show sometime.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool, and it is. Yeah, he he doesn't have any others. Uh, I think all the others are either DVD or just uh, just DVD. Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah, yeah. What about you, sir? Well, I uh, I actually didn't. Uh well, I only saw one film in total uh in actually finished I have one in the hopper uh, Fail. just the way I watch movies it's it's bad um yeah, but, uh, we we all do it <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching
1: one right now <laughs> technically hey you're the definition of watching is not the
0: same <laughs> <laughs> You've got twitter open you got facebook open you
1: yeah. oh yeah it'll be finished.
0: Um, so th- the one that I watched, I actually want to refer back to one that I, I was thinking I'd, I'd mention this, but I didn't, uh, during the, the Burlington Film Society showing, which was, uh, again, once a month on Thursday, uh, on a Thursday night, was uh, Chevalier.
1: So oh, yeah. I've heard great things.
0: This was uh, this was good. I, I wanted to, I really took this as an opportunity to, along with uh, joining First Time Watchers, to talk about The Lobster. Um, I went back and i saw the lobster we were showing this uh part of the german new waves of cinema some people calling it the german weird wave which i think is pretty <laughs> appropriate uh, mm. they are strange films but uh, so I, I went back and rewatched uh dog tooth and i'd never seen alps which is on amazon prime so you know kind of did a little bit of a a, a greek thing back in uh, september so, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, the it's and it's by the co-writer of Do, uh, Dogtooth and the Lobster, which is Athymus uh, uh, Filippo, I believe it is. And uh, the Very director... Good. Thank you. The director of Attenberg, which I haven't seen, and um, I, I'd like to, but the director is um, Athena Rachel uh, Sangari, uh, mm. again from, uh, from Greece. So this one is... The, it's really about it's about six men on a fishing trip uh, on a on a uh, luxury yacht, and they play a masculine type of game where things are compared. Uh, I think this is IMDb says this talking about things being compared, measured, and uh, really just uh, you know how men when they are left to their own devices will interact together. You know how rivalries form, and uh, so I, I liked it. I mean, it, it's a it's a bit of a um, a, a skewering of the absurd, absurdity of what men do when they're together um, about the rivalries that do form I mean they, we just we mm. tend to antagonize each other and uh, like to compare things and um, and it's yeah it's it, it's pretty it was pretty good I think it uh, it did play the New York Film Festival and tiff and was considered um, you know one of the better undistributed films I think film commented commented on it, commented on it, and uh, <laughs> IndieWire, and it's also the, it's Grease's uh, submission into the 2016 Academy Awards, so I I think the thing I, the main thing I took away from it is I wanted more weird. Um, it was, <laughs> it was strange, it, it but... It was not weird enough, and not... It, it wasn't. I mean, there were some strange moments, but it's really so grounded in reality that I, I think I, I just appreciate what Lanthimos does um, with his films mm-hmm. even more um, than, uh, you know, what Sangari does. Although I will say, you know, her being a female director taking on this subject of men mm-hmm. and what they do yeah. when they get together is great. That's I think that's what really made it that much uh, richer for me, but... Um, yeah I I just I like a little more surrealism maybe strangeness um you know there's no really fantastic elements there's no animals walking around that used to be humans um you know like in this film Oh so. man
1: yeah <laughs> There's so many films like that <laughs> I kind of miss that <laughs> I see that the uh, the director so. had a um, connection with uh, before midnight which uh, she worked on that so uh, and that's I, I right. th- that's I a about very that. serious film uh and in fact I'd say even compared to the others a little right. up. Uh, I don't want to use the word harsh, but uh, a little stronger than the other two. Uh, and yeah, uh, Criterion connection. So yeah. yeah, that's right. She looks looks like she's going to be out on Criterion.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's possible. Maybe Attenberg will come. I, I think I think Attenberg is on DVD, and yeah, you know, maybe this will come from Criterion. I could see it happening. But yeah, fun film. I I certainly recommend it. It's just not one of my favorites of the year. Cool. So, what's your other short take, Aaron?
1: Well, I, I didn't watch many this week, but. Uh, I needed a light movie, um, and so I watched the uh, the most recent uh, episode of documentary now, which was, uh it was about the band Test Pattern, who was modeled after the Talking Heads, oh, and they okay. they did a send off of "Stop Making Sense," which I had had seen when I was a kid, mm. uh, and it was a good episode. It was it wasn't one of the better ones. I, it was more. I think it was too much imitation. You know, it's concert film and they sure. just basically did a concert uh, documentary. But it planted the seed, and so I, I had to watch, re-watch uh, Stop Making Sense uh, mm-hmm. just because my, my take on the Talking Heads or on music documentaries a lot different now than uh, when I saw it, which I must have been maybe a late teen. I, I watched it with my parents. And young I, pup, wow. I think I just thought, man, what does that deal with that guy in the big jacket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not the biggest Talking Heads fan. I, I mm. do like uh, some, some art house music. But uh, this, I, I guess I just, it's not quite my style. Um, mm. I, of course, growing up in the 80s, you couldn't uh, avoid a, a lot of their songs were pretty constant. Um, but I've always had respect for them. And, and there are some songs that I've just, over the years, I've grown accustomed to. And I've picked out a, a few favorites. Uh, I like uh, Cross-Eyed and Painless, which was the last song. Uh I like to uh, uh, life during wartime, which of course has a Criterion connection. When um, in fact, I, I like that song so much that I was disappointed when I watched the Todd Salons that there, there was no connection. Uh, but oh yeah, the other songs I can take or leave. Uh, but I so I just watched the performance and I was enraptured. Mm. Uh, you know, David Byrne, uh, and you know he's kind of a dork. I'm sorry, but you know he's just Definitely. an art art guy. Uh, he doesn't have you know in the '80s you had the hair bands, you had the you had the uh, glam bands, like Duran Duran type. He's just a guy, uh, just yeah. an art art major that um, uh, or design major. Um, but he is such a performer and and has such physicality that uh, even the even though I didn't even know uh, maybe two thirds of the songs or or maybe half of the songs, I was just yeah I just enjoyed it. And I, in fact, it's I don't want to be. Uh, Give any uh, hyperbole, but I think this might be one of the best performance documentaries I've seen. Mm. You know, it's up there with like The Last Waltz and sure. uh, Give Me Shelter. Uh,
0: I, I mean, I, I hear it talked about in that kind of realm all the time. I actually haven't seen it. I have the uh, There's. It's. I don't think it's on Blu-ray here. Uh, maybe it is, but there's a limited edition. Um, I think from it the is. Okay. I, I think you're right. And um, I've got it on my shelf. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. But yeah, it's this, it's always talked about in that. Um, you know that. That realm as being one of the best,
1: yeah, and I, I, that's tough to live up to. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I th- I'd say it, do- it does, and then some. Um, I actually watched it on uh, on I think it was Amazon Prime streaming. It, it could have been Netflix, I forget, but it's it's streaming somewhere. Okay, and and I, I watched it immediately after watching the episode. I just and uh, and time flew by. It's it's like an hour and a half, but I it seemed like thirty minutes. I, I mm-hmm. got to the end. I was like, wow, I just watched a concert, and <laughs> and I guess it's time for bed. <laughs> so. It's a good uh, no, sign. I highly recommend it. Uh, Jonathan Demme, who um, has a Criterion
0: connection. Silence doesn't... of the Lambs. Oh, or no, <laughs> uh, Something Wild. <laughs>
1: well, both, actually.
0: Is it both? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs was a Laserdisc. disc. Uh, uh, another good movie. And, and Something Wild.
0: print on wild. DVD, too. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So
1: uh, So yeah, I re- highly recommend it. He's done some other uh, musical documentaries as well, hasn't he?
0: Ah, good question. I'm not Sure. Yeah, Talking Heads is one that uh, I kind of like you. I've never been like a huge fan. I did buy. I, I really kind of love Remain in Light. I could listen to that album anytime. But you yeah. know, as far as some of their their hits, you know, I could sort of take it or leave it. But I, yeah, I made the plunge with this Blu-ray just based on reputation alone. So that's well, cool. Well, waiting to it's- be watched.
1: Yeah, I would I would watch it. It's a good uh, escapist movie if you're not uh, ready for you know something, something like The Ten drum or Chevalier. Right. <laughs> uh oh he, he also did A Master Builder which is Criterion and uh yeah and he did uh, Swimming in Cambodia which is not ca- Criterion but uh, Spalding Gray of course is very much Criterion. Right. So, uh, what's your your last take?
0: Well, my last take was inspired by you and uh, Mr. Marcus Penn, who uh, we had on for the um, the ooh, episode. Ooh, hmm. um, if I I think this is when we talked about it, if I remember it, it was uh, um, a and Andrea's pick. Uh, your wife's pick is oh. uh, tape heads. Ah, you watched that? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, what do you we, think? <laughs> it was. A, well, I wouldn't call it hard to find. I was almost surprised that uh, I got it via interlibrary loan, and um, so you know, I wanted to go with Andrew's recommendation. I figured nineteen eighty-eight. I um, warned my, you, man. My, <laughs> you did. No, you did. You did. My wife um, likes '80s movies, and, um, and of course, it stars a young John Cusack and very young-looking Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to keep setting up a little more here. Um, it's it, it's about a couple of. Uh, well, IMDb calls them creative losers. Um, I think only one of them is really creative, but they become big shots in the uh, video music industry. So, th- you know, that was appropriate. This is the time, you know, music videos are huge. I don't know if it was 1988. I mean, I was glued sure, yeah. to MTV at this time. I don't know about I, you. I but...
1: think that's fair. I think really into, into the 90s, they, they were pretty big. Pretty big. Remember uh, Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, that's, not, yeah. Not exactly the same uh,
0: style, but yeah yeah ended ended the hairbands. yeah i was into mtv especially during the hairband so it's you know i, mm-hmm. I can see this being a uh, uh, you know it, well the thing is that it wasn't really popular so it it was i think the budget was uh 10 million it really only didn't even make a million dollars back um hey, not even close the budget was that big <laughs> yeah yeah wow apparently right, yeah that did not show up on the screen <laughs> if you can if you can believe the uh the you know the the numbers but uh so some of the things I remembered, of course, we've got Mo Fuzz, who's, he's the producer who wants them to make all their work on spec, and, um, which, you know, we're doing this podcast on spec, so that's sure. appropriate, right? hmm And, uh, I, I did like the moment where you know, he asks for, you know, more tits and ass, and the next video is exactly that, no faces, just, you know, <laughs> video of tits and ass. Yeah,
1: good. So, yeah. You remember more than I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I, I picked out just a couple of things that you know stood out to me and of course that scene you know did hmm. but overall um, we found a little bit boring we kind of we started a little <laughs> bit late and we started falling asleep at the end especially when the swanky modes were on um, the swanky modes the swanky modes yeah
1: uh, I hope Andrea doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> if, if she does she's gonna be screaming
0: right now <laughs> yeah the uh, I, I'd like to get her take as to you know why why I the thing is, I can see why it would be uh, become a cult classic, which I think it has, you know, with yeah. its humor and references. And I, I, I did think Roscoe's Chicken uh, House of Chicken and Waffles was great. It was disgusting, but great. Mm. Um, so,
1: well, I, you know, I have a great marriage. Uh, we have a great marriage. Uh, <laughs> we don't, don't really fight or anything like that. But the one thing that has been the biggest cause of marital distress is my opinion of this movie <laughs> because I don't, I didn't like it from the beginning. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I just, I do get why, like you said, you know, it's kind of, a, it's a cult classic. It's very nostalgic towards the video era. And, right. and Andrea is a big fan of the video era. And I think, uh, I think a lot of the, uh, the, the, fans of this film are. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's actually become kind of a running joke that she loves this film. Um, and, and she just thinks it's hilarious. She can, she'll watch it today and just laugh out loud. Um, I, I don't, Find it funny at all, Um, (laughs) but uh, what's what's funny is the Swanky Modes. uh, Just because she loves this movie so much and she talks about it, uh, when I do fantasy sports, I always use that as my sports team name. Oh, cool! The Swanky Modes. So even though I I barely remember the movie, I I remember that name because I see it all the time. So uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They got the Swanky Modes instead of Minuto. They they sold this Minuto concert and uh, but hey, you know that's cool that you're for a movie you don't like you're referencing it. That's you know. Nice uh, ode to Andrea. Th-
1: that's the the bone I threw t- for my marriage. Uh, <laughs> it's a good way to save it. Good work. Good way to save it, yeah. Fantasy <laughs> sports, there you go.
0: <laughs> or make-believe uh, sports, as my wife calls it. <laughs> right, yeah, good point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I can't quite recommend it, but if you're in the mood for something.
1: <laughs> I don't recommend it. In fact, I... Uh, um you asked me. You were like, "Oh, you know, are, should I show this to my wife?" And I said, "No." <laughs> and then you said, "Well, she's really into eighties stuff." Me. And I was, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I stick st- yeah. stand by it. Maybe, but you know, just so you know, kind of like if somebody asks about the vanishing, you know, and I said, "Would well, you like uh, uh, do you like creepy, suspenseful, and uh, them taking advantage of certain phobias <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movies?" You know, then yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tough one to recommend, but hey, you know, maybe with a, a large group of people, uh, Steph and I just hanging out yeah. on a Saturday night, maybe not so much, but more
1: of it'd a be group. A, it'd sure. be a fun movie to make fun of. Uh, yeah, in fact, exactly. Track, game or on tracks or something. We're we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfect. All right. Well, that was tape heads, and that's our short takes. Um, let's uh, take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with. Uh, the vanishing we have a, a, a little bit of a, a clip here to transition us um a name being
1: a little shouted. bit of a, sh- a tone change here <laughs> yeah he's looking for somebody mhm ça vous <laughs> c'est vous Saskia!
0: Saskia Saskia <laughs> Saskia where are you, Saskia? Do you have any
1: um hot dogs? <laughs> that is a big gas station
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. What? A lot of people. I've never seen that many people at a gas station uh, at the same time. I, I figured it. I in my notes actually wrote down that it's like a, a rest stop or something. That was kind of what I pictured. But you know, I, I don't know. I
1: think it is kind of like a rest stop slash gas station. And now I mm-hmm. I do know, and you you probably know, they have those in Canada, like really really big rest stops with gas stations. So maybe, yeah. maybe there's
0: a few in New York too, uh, very similar to that. Yeah. yeah, they'll have like a McDonald's in it, right. and Some you know donut shops and. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot Tim, of people there. Tim
1: Hortons in Canada. <laughs> yes. But uh, not here <laughs> exactly. uh,
0: Yeah, I think yeah. they
1: must have those in France. I I've been to France, but I haven't been to, been to any French uh, rest
0: areas, but Yeah, I me mean, neither. Yeah, I didn't do much driving there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I welcome back everyone to Criterion Close-up. We've been looking for uh, Saskia, and we figured we'll talk about uh, the vanishing. Yeah. So. I'll give it a little setup here. It, it's a, it is an early-ish spine number, spine number one thirty-three. I've uh, got a Blu-ray upgrade um, from a really a bare bones DVD, so I was glad to yeah, see this. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight film from uh, George Slauser. I'm going to keep saying that. And uh, yeah, I I knew it was in my notes here, Aaron. He is a mix of Dutch and Norwegian, okay. so uh, between the two. And the the novel and the screenplay were by uh, Tim Krabbé, who. Uh, you know, wrote them can't do that <laughs> <laughs> no rolling of the eyes. no so.
1: just forewarned
0: <laughs> okay and uh, the adaptation, and there's, it was a bit contentious. It's in the uh, the supplements a bit with uh, Slauser, how yeah. he ended up kind of taking over the adaptation because he, he I, it seemed like he felt like uh, Krabe was really writing it for uh, the written form, and he wanted it more uh, visual, which I think you know, I'll just say put out there comes out in the film.
1: Sure, yeah, that's and fair.
0: the. Uh, the actors uh, Bernard Pierre uh, Donadieu is uh, he plays Raymond Lamorne. Uh, we've got Jean uh, Jean um, Bervoet, I believe it is, and then uh, Joanna Ter Stege is uh, Saskia uh, Wagter uh, Wagter Wagter. So really just known as Saskia. I don't know if they ever say her her last name, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the uh, the vanishing, and um, you know, I it's really about a um couple who are on this uh, this trip and uh, somebody vanishes <laughs> so somebody vanishes vanishing. yes <laughs>
1: spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, so, uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen this film, you should not be listening to this podcast. Well, I already spoiled it at, at the very beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's the best part about it. You know, <laughs> and, and if, the thing is, if you didn't know um, that, I don't think you'd pick up on it. But yeah, it was perfect. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't think so. But I think the people that did know, and hopefully they're they're gone. You know, tape heads and out.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. It's it, so. the uh,
1: the original name was spurloose uh, and uh, it actually translates as traceless, which I think is intr- At mm. least that's what Google, Google Translate uh, shows. And, and my wife's a linguist, so I asked her, does that make sense? And she I don't think she speaks Dutch, but she said that does make sense. Uh, yeah, the vanishing, uh, in, in fact, he even said in what, the supplement that he invented that word. I mean, that's I, right. of course, vanishing is a not word, but word. the vanishing is a noun is not a word. Uh, so it's, uh, but it was the vanishing it, that's... Really, what dictated the entire film, uh, le- yeah. le- leading up to it and the aftermath. That's
0: right. Yeah, it's a appropriate title. I and I know that the trailer mentioned this too, and I don't know where this came into play, but the original title was uh, "The Man Who Wanted to Know," um, which is. You know, yeah. appropriate, but I definitely go on record as liking the Vanishing better <laughs> as a title. So,
1: yeah, the uh, the yeah. man who wanted to know is uh, that seems like it really doesn't come into play until the last third of the film, anyway. You know, right? So, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like either Traceless or the Vanishing. Uh, it, yep. I get the impression that his favorite uh, name is the Vanishing. Uh, yeah, because he uses yeah, especially it again since he came <laughs> up with the word. You know, yeah. It makes sense. Right? He's proud. Uh, so, and we will talk about and, that
0: other one too. <laughs> So, Aaron, you have a, a bit of a connection, or you have a friend that has a connection to this film.
1: Well, so, sort of, kind of. He, he actually hasn't mm. seen it, but I have a friend who lives in Nîmes, uh, down there in the south, uh, southeast of France, not far from Marseille, Montpellier. Um, actually, I think it's closer to Montpellier. Uh, and it's, it, it's a, or Not far from Cannes, actually. Um, it's a small town. Uh, I think it's in the Languedoc province, and, it's, uh, and that's where this film is set is in neem uh, in, uh the seven mountains is that what it's called
0: sounds right yeah
1: so uh, yeah he he, ha- he knows the vanishing but he's, he hasn't seen it uh but he actually knows uh the author he, he doesn't know him personally but he's uh i guess he he, he knows of him big fan of his and uh, tim I, I can't say say it again
0: <laughs> slauser no cra- or oh no Crabbe. yeah, Crabbe. yeah the author um Crabbe. and
1: so he, the book is the, called the Golden Egg which is uh which makes sense if you've seen this film uh there's there's a golden egg that plays uh, a part uh, very much but the uh he also has written other books and one is uh famous called the Rider and it's a book about cycling um in the uh, I think it's about a cycling race I don't know it, it but hmm. but he has read that book, and I think he might have read uh, the Golden Egg. I'm not not positive, but uh, but he knows of uh, Krabbe, who's um, you know he's a big chess player, which is, I think is inter- interesting. He's actually he's a huge cyclist, and we can see that in the film. Uh, so and and he knows you know the Tour de France plays a part in the in the film as well, and uh, and he it's set in the Cévennes mountains where. Um, and of course, the two protagonists are up there on a on a cycling trip, uh, going through the mountains, and uh, and so that's right by where my uh, my friend lives, and he he's been up in that yeah. hills. He actually has a company where he uh, he takes people on tours in those hills. Um, so so anyway, uh, he he says that the writer is one of the, one of the best pieces of fiction he's read, and hmm. uh, and he, he said that just living in Nîmes he. You know, it's it's been a while. 1988, was it? It's that's a, it's 88. That's yeah. a long time ago. So I guess it's not N- as not sure
0: when it was written, but you know, right. yeah, the movie's 88. The
1: movie, yeah, and it's it's it is set in, in actual locations there, and uh, it's he doesn't he's not sure how well known it is just among the locals. He he was actually going to ask, but it hasn't gotten back to me. So anyway, and and he's really into cycling too, my friend, and uh, and this uh, this guy, his um, he, he's still. Tim Krabbe is still active, and uh, and I, I he, he sent me a link to his little cycling profile, and he still ha- he has uh, he does like 500 miles a week or something. Oh wow! So yeah, um,
0: and he hmm. but he is uh, uh be a great place to to ride, I can imagine. Right. So hey. the book was published in uh, 84. Just had to look it up. So four years before.
1: Right. And I have a feeling that uh, that the Tour de France and uh, the cycling was more in uh, more in the book uh, than. And we do hear, it was the 1984-1985 tour on the, uh, in the radio in the gas station, hmm. and uh, they're talking about the yellow jersey. That's what the, um, the whoever's winning is wearing. Right. And I did notice even the mise-en-scene, uh, they had a lot of yellow in that early, uh, you know, I think the protagonists were both wearing yellow before she vanishes. So anyway, hmm. interesting yeah. it flourishes. and about that. And that's kind of the backdrop, you know, kind of fleshes out the characters. So it, it, it was interesting to me. Hmm.
0: There's a lot of that that I missed, and you know you probably uh, keyed in on it more because yeah, a lot of what was on the radio and those little flourishes, even the bikes. The only thing I thought about the bikes was the bikes being stolen. Mm-hmm. Um right. So yeah, it's it's funny how we we kind of both looked at this. I wouldn't say looked at it differently, but picked up different things uh, already. So yeah, they
1: well they were just finishing a trip, and that, that's probably what they did. Uh, it was a a yeah. leisure trip, and then of course the car breaks down, um, which is interesting. Uh, the way they. Have It really begins with a fight, an argument right. uh, about, uh, I don't know, was it, was it about tape heads? I forget. <laughs> it must have been, yeah. <laughs> Everything comes back to tape heads. And then uh, what's interesting is they make up right away. It's uh, it's almost like you turn a light switch and all of a sudden they go from angry to blissfully happy. Uh, a little artificial, would you say?
0: Well, sort of. I guess, I, you know, I was on board because um, I, it, sometimes going back, I, I need to kind of go back to a movie, and the supplements help with that, and she does kind of point to, in the, um, uh, the interview— um, she does point to this is with um, Stege mm-hmm. who plays Saskia. She does kind of point to there is a moment where she does seem kind of sad and kind of unsure of what's going on. You know, um, it seems like because she's down, they do come back together, and then she maybe she goes back to that moment. I'm I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that kind of comes into play later in the movie uh, when we we go back to Saskia in a different um, role. Those those kind of shifting perspectives, but. I was okay with it, you know, I, I guess because um, we did see them uh, not happy, especially her after the, uh, the moment happens, but, um, you know, able to kind of put it behind them uh, for the most part. But it does seem like that's one of those things that would, in a relationship, would certainly— Come back. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think if I left my wife somewhere like that, that would be a a sticking point for some time. Yeah, (laughs) I I would not hear the end of it for
1: a while. Uh, And frankly, I I just wouldn't do it. Uh, I think it says says a lot about the character. But exactly, and I I didn't want to say that it was artificial and that it didn't hold water. But um, but I Hmm. I think just the film language, and in contrast with, uh, well, I, I think it's interesting that you you essentially have a horror film, but three quarters of it are filmed in bright daylight. And then, yeah. And then there's darkness at the beginning. There's some darkness at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, some very, very harsh darkness at the end. Uh, but this, the scenes at the gas station are so, uh, so cheery and exuberant and uh, and bright colored. As I mentioned, you know they're wearing yellow shirts. And even if you look right. at, and I, I watched it a couple times. And when you look at the other the extras, uh, they're they're also bright colored. Uh, it's it's and it sunniest day as you can imagine it's just a gorgeous day yeah and uh, I think that's a, quite a contrast you know she literally does vanish in de- daylight um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think that's you know when that's one of the things I, I took away I was actually just thinking about it this morning how um, that I think that's part of his point uh, again you know, I remember Steege asking why was this movie made this way you know what kind of tone was uh, Slawzer looking for, and I, I think that's part of it is you know finding the darkness in daylight. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very dark film, uh, even though, like you said, it it mostly takes place in daylight. But the tone of it uh, overall is is pretty dark, except except for the the early parts. I mean, there are now there really isn't much <laughs> much levity in there. I mean, there's you know some character building moments that maybe is, are supposed to be moments of levity, like the the You know the scenes where the family, Mm -hmm. um, Raymond's family, is is screaming at the house there. But that that's really more. It's still like a, a terrifying moment. It's a fun moment for them, but as as an audience and kind of knowing at least what we know at that point and then what's to come, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, that's as close as um, so. we get to
1: comic relief—is uh, them them masking a crime, basically. Right. <laughs> so uh, right. yeah,
0: it's a, a test. There. Pretty
1: pretty tense film. Pretty intense film, and uh, and yeah, it's very serious. Uh, or yeah, very dark. Yeah. It's, it's for such a light film, extremely dark. And and I think that's yeah. the the film language. It does kind of shed light—no pun intended—into the the characters too, and how you have these contrasting. Male protagonists, you know, they mm-hmm. one abandons his wife uh, after they've broken down. The other one uh, seems like a normal type of citizen. You know, he's very as far as, far as being a criminal, he's very Ted Bundy-ish. If uh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: But and you it, you, it was sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, it, it was one of the things that I, I had noted uh, was you know that. Um, I, I thought of the the male roles and how often it seems like a, a man wants to be in control. And uh, you know, you think of both of these characters um, do want to be that way. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in one way, he um, Rex is the one he leaves the tunnel, um, and you know, later on we see, of course, his world you know, his world starts to crumble and he completely you know loses control. And um, you know, you think of the Raymond character who also. Um, you, you know, there's the question of why does he undertake this? Why does he want to uh, to do this? He seemingly has a, a good life, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, he is a, a sociopath of self-professed, <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you know, but you know, he, you got to know yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he he wants to control uh, this situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you can. One of the rich parts about this film is, you know, he does explain some, but you uh, you could. Kind of think about his psyche and why he uh, he undertakes this uh, this you know event that really is encompassing of the entire film.
1: And I think he actually he does uh, I guess get off on control. He he takes pleasure yeah. in uh, in pulling the strings and 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 that's how he engages with uh, with the lead character. I probably should look up with his Rex later. Rex, right? Yeah, uh, because yep. he's in, intrigued that uh, uh, Rex has basically ceded control and. And yeah, so he takes advantage. That's not a smart move. Uh, in fact, really, if you think about the, if you if you just kind of play that through all the possible outcomes, I guess nine out of ten of them involve him going to the police and going to jail somehow. Uh, but right, but I think it, it was a mind game, and and it's very well developed the way the film is structured. Uh, but but it's they set this up to put them in the this situation, and I'm already to the ending. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should back up a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, th- you talk about the structure. It's one of the things that I, I really loved about this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, sometimes we'll share notes and back and forth. And I, you know, it was the, the structure of it, the, the way that the, uh, the perspective shifts. Um, one of the things that uh, th- this actually came in the, uh, the essay how uh, you get the Gone Girl. Um, type of film, which yeah. is you know this is, and you can say anywhere Definitely. from The Lady Vanishes to The Gone Girl, uh, you know the Fincher film that is included. But um, it's a very you know non-linear film, but it's not just um, not not just non-linear. Maybe like Memento, in that mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like fragments of uh, you know pieces of uh, that you have to kind of place together where you are in the film, and I, I think that's really you know. Very well done. Um, Of course, you can you know compare it to uh, to Memento, but and it also you know really it's um, the way I thought of it is it's very those that kind of structure it's very disorienting, but it's also exhilarating in the way that we get to know these characters and we piece together Mm -hmm. uh, the the timeline you know, of what happened and where, you know, especially getting to know Raymond, I think, more and more as the film goes on, you know, develops his character. Yeah.
1: And it's it's tough for me to remember back to when I first saw it. I, this is actually either my third or fourth time seeing it. Plus, I've seen the American remake uh, once, only once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of wonder, and maybe somebody can who's seen it recently, Well, or you, can us. Uh, say whether people did identify Raymond as the murderer right away. But one thing I like about it is that it really—there is no—they're not pulling the cloth over your eyes. Yep. They they reveal the murderer right away. I don't know if the audience exactly. picks up on it, but it's right there playing as daylight. Uh, again, daylight.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. And That was one of the questions I had was, you know— have we how many other movies have we seen because, because often the tension is built into finding out who mm-hmm. the uh the perpetrator is but right. in this yeah we see it very early and i i picked it up i had seen it before um it was an early criterion for me and then rewatching it this time on the blu-ray um yeah i mean for me it's it's the scene where you see him putting on the the cast um Mm-hmm. and you know knowing the name of the film i'm like okay this is our guy and it's like you know 20 minutes into the film i think yeah. you know we yeah. see it very early so and
1: even when they when yeah. he's introduced and, uh, and and i i can't remember the actual chronology or the, the the narrative and what takes place when but uh yeah but you know all of a sudden you lose a character uh you have a man obsessed and then all of a sudden you're introducing another character so i i think right. i think it, it's it's meant to be pieced together pretty quickly um, and yeah, that, yep. that is very different. You know, you think of the the Hitchcock type of uh, mystery or, or the noir. Uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, there's no MacGuffin here. This, this is right. It, everything's. Well, I guess the MacGuffin is, or the the mystery is the ending, is what actually happened, but not not the who, not not even the how. Um, just the the end result. The what? The what? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. It's interesting how that is. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, um, you know identity type of question mm-hmm. and uh tension yeah it's the it's the the what i guess sort of a how but
1: and it it, it doesn't know. really lose the tension either for revealing the the killer in uh you know the first uh first 20 minutes it's Pretty intense th- throughout, uh, and I think it's yeah. It's because I, th- I think they put us in the minds of Rex and his obsession, and mm-hmm. and in the characters, and and in uh, Raymond, and, yeah. and how and his his obsession really with both of them, yeah. 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 And and so we kind of, of course, we identify with Rex because we're we're not criminals, normal, <laughs> hopefully normal, hopefully yeah. yeah. Although some, you know, <laughs> I, I can see. Uh, in fact, somebody made a comment on Twitter that uh, that you know. Felt a little guilty for identifying with Raymond because Raymond did have a family, he did have a yeah. normal life, he taught. Uh, and whereas Rex, after you know, he his life might have been somewhat normal, you know, going cycling in the mountains in France. That's not something that um, that vagab- vagabonds do. But afterward, he's unhinged. He can't maintain a relationship. Uh, he's just all all his life is is about Saskia and about knowing what right. uh, what happened to her.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And and it's it's almost like he was getting close to the point where he could not necessarily get past it, but um, you know, then he has himself the golden egg dream and that's where right. it just it picks right up again. I mean, he just, you know, he's got to um understand what uh, what happened to her again, the, you know, the the what? The
1: what? <laughs> and does he yeah. ever? So, yeah, it's a uh, quite a film. Um and and also I, I think seeing the 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 um, seeing every aspect of the actual crime you know seeing him prepare yep. seeing him take his pulse uh, yeah it's rather than having like a detective unveil these uh the procedure yep. like a procedural uh, you exactly. see it from the character's yep. perspective. I think uh, it's great. I think it was kind yep. of groundbreaking
0: uh, uh, for the time. Would you say? I wondered about that. Yeah, I, I, w- I bet you're right. You know, I'd have to think about other films uh, during you know that came before that. But yeah, it's it's the whole you know show me, don't tell me. There's it's not there's no exposition. You don't even hear him talking that much. Uh, in some instances, it's really just visual. And mm-hmm. there, there's even a really strange moment where I think this is um and I almost thought maybe it was surreal but there's a moment where the woman kind of um he's the the woman is asking him um about the um she know I think she's like the his daughter's soccer coach and he uh she kind of um incriminates him a bit and Really says this thing like oh, uh, right, you know right. if you if you want to find uh, I I can't I uh, had it in my notes somewhere. Uh, 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 yeah, the the, the store. Uh, yeah, the, and where, so where I, he was
1: uh, the, or like the drugstore where he was trying to take. I, I did look that up. It, it, yeah. it, it merged with Monoprix, uh, and if you've been to France, Monoprix is a really large kind of. Store grocery chain, so
0: mm, okay, so people could identify with that, sure, yeah. yeah and she and I, I did, uh, I just found my note. She says, um, you know, you'll find hundreds of women and there's no danger of being recognized, right, right. Um, Giselle Marzen, and it, to me, I'm like, is that, is that real? Did he imagine that? I mean, why would she say that and, and then just kind of move on? That was a really odd. Uh, moment for me, so I, I wondered if there's any. I didn't think there was, but if there was any moment of um, almost fantasy in this this film, like maybe that. But. Actually, I, I saw that uh,
1: a little more uh,
0: uh,
1: pragmatically as um, as her just seeing him as a predator, uh, but not not yep. a killer, so to speak. Just just somebody that that was looking for a woman uh, to pick up and that he right. this was his come on hey come get in my car uh and and if you, you think about you're, it you're probably without right without seeing yeah. the ending and uh, and seeing all the other steps uh and and actually all the girls that bow out do you really think that they were thinking okay i'm going to end up in a golden egg or do you think they're thinking all right this guy is probably going to come on to me and he's not my type
0: right uh, yeah yeah i i wonder you know there there's a, a lot of uh times when there's um know, that, that kind of uh, that interaction. It, the man who the, it, we actually get back to, again, that shifting time frame um, perspective, so to speak, mm-hmm. where we're back at the the rest area, and he does approach the, the woman, uh, and he always he's always approaching a woman. He's not interested in men. Yep. He's interested in someone he's either, you know, can overpower, or we don't really know, you know, someone he wants to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like we don't quite really know his... Uh, ultimate aspirations, really what he's after in this case. It's kind of left ambiguous, I thought. Um, it,
1: it could be a masculinity thing. Uh and in fact right. that would that would make sense and uh and of course he actually does end up uh, uh getting to the end again <laughs> but he does end up uh taking a man later. <laughs> right. I, That's right. I, I shouldn't tap dance. I, everybody's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. We're, we're we're getting there. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we should talk about all the foreshadowing uh, cuz okay. it's that's one thing having seen this 3 to 4 times, you see the sh- foreshadowing everywhere and it's it's actually yeah, tremendous. And 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 I, I think that yeah. it it really bears uh it, it holds up well on rewatches just because you of all these little nuggets uh yep, and yep, pick up on the nuggets. The Golden yep. Egg Dream, I'd forgotten about that, even though the book's called The Golden Egg, uh but e- right. even little things like the uh at the beginning when they when they're sitting at the at the tree on the rest area, and she buries, you're not sure what 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 she buries initially, but uh, you find out later that it's. I think it was two coins, wasn't it? Two coins, yeah, yeah. And and there's all sorts. There there's the trees too. The two trees are um. Mm-hmm. She there's one point she points out though. There's two trees while they're driving, and as uh, they become two trees, basically,
0: right? Yeah. So I yeah. Well, and th- there was one moment that I thought was almost you know too. Um, two on the nose where she's, you know, she makes him swear that uh, he will never abandon her. Right, right. And I don't know if that's real. I, I guess now that I think of it, maybe it's not because there was the moment earlier, obviously, in the tunnel where he does abandon her. So, right. yeah. um, you know, maybe that's not two on the nose. But
1: Yeah, a little bit. I, I just think you can't really, the, the ending is such a such a shocker that you really can't plant the seeds for that. He, he's actually, he's pretty safe uh, in, in doing whatever he wants because that's just, I've never seen an ending like that before. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And he, he does uh, foreshadow the ending uh, just a little bit where, um, but it's very late in the film where mm-hmm. we, uh, the Raymond is stopped by the policeman and he, you know, he has a basically a license or whatever it is to um, not wear a seatbelt because he's claustrophobic. Um, but Rex isn't claustrophobic, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I, I like the the way that tension was built, and the, you know, the the main thing I really was thinking of is how that shifting perspective does uh, build that uh, that tension and does foreshadow um, some of what's going on. I really liked. Um, I, I think one of my favorite scenes was the uh, at the cafe where the camera oh, is kind great. of swirling around, yeah, and. Yeah, it's, you really get that, uh, the perspective of, I mean, this is during the point where Rex is um, in the middle of, and really late in the game, mm-hmm. of looking for Saskia. It's been, I think it's in the, the timeline, it's been three years. He's had his golden egg dream, yeah. um, and he's he's looking for um, the, the perpetrator, and you just see uh, Raymond show up, whether it's in the background, uh, where he's out of focus, or... So good. Um, it, and you, you get that moment where Rex is saying, you know, that he can feel him watching him mm-hmm. and then the camera just slowly turns around you sh- to see uh Raymond up above uh watching him. It's yeah, one of my favorite moments. Yeah, and
1: I rewatched the uh, cafe scene again too because it, it, mm. it really is uh the, the the background is out of focus and I again mm. I wondered On our first watch, would you because you can just you can see the outline of his face. You know, you can see a little residue of his facial hair, but you can't. His features aren't so distinct to immediately say, "Oh, that that's the guy," because the the focus is on the foreground, which is the couple speaking. But yeah, it's it's a creepy scene, very very well done. And in fact, I think a lot of the shots. Mm -hmm. That's one thing when I rewatched it again, I was more impressed with uh, some of the shots. Uh, selection, especially for a director that hasn't really done a whole lot, uh, except for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. um,
0: I had the same thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, um, I, I also thought of uh, there's kind of a, again, trying to see people, and there's a bit of a Hennecke moment, uh, thinking of Cache, where you get the video of the TV show, and earlier in the, the film, we get uh, where they're wa- the family is watching TV, Raymond's family is watching TV, and his daughter says, Oh, look, there's us. Right. And you don't see the television. But then right. later, after we see the interview with Rex and how he had the golden egg dream uh, we see, we don't we see that video and you know do you see them or not um, in the uh, the scene i just I, again i loved how there's mm-hmm. so many uses of perspective and you see the same scene you know at different angles it's it's later in the movie we see uh, Raymond and how he really was um, uh, scoping out uh, Saskia, really, just scoping out anybody, mm-hmm. and he just kind right. of uh, tended to, you know, end up uh, focusing on uh, on Saskia uh, later. Yeah, he,
1: he kind of stumbled into Saskia. He he was he'd pretty much mm-hmm. given up, and uh, she just fell into his lap. So, and and again, there's a lot of conversation of, about fate and about yep. uh, destiny, and and I, that kind of permeates really everything in the film, uh, whether it's the Everywhere in the timeline, I should say, whether it's the, the, the gas station events or the preparation or the aftermath. yeah, He's he's almost obsessed with, you know, Rex is obsessed with finding Saskia or finding out what happened to her. Raymond is obsessed with uh, playing with fate. And remember, he even talks about his childhood and about the jumping out the window. Right. And, you know, the fact that he was thinking about it, of course, any sensible person would not jump out the window. But the fact that he thought about it and deliberately jumped out of the window was he changing his fate and of mm. course that plants the seed for the final act where uh hey would you like a drink of this uh mouthwash <laughs> <laughs> with uh, chloroform uh- uh well yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's it's very clever um the whole thing but what do you, what do you think was was this fate was was Raymond manipulating fate or was is that just uh, rationalization for him to uh, do the things he does
0: that's a good question. I I was trying to kind of think about that. I, I'm glad you you laid that out there um, because yeah, I, I you're right. I was wondering about the jumping off scene, and I think you're right. He's tempting fate, trying to change fate, and he doesn't really. He even says at one point how uh, he doesn't want to believe in fate, and it you know kind of makes him sad that um, you know it happened that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know best best laid plans and. Uh, he even says, you know, destiny, Mr. Hoffman, when he's talking about um, the, you know, if he hadn't sneezed really early uh, when he was tempting another right. woman, then he <laughs> wouldn't have, you know, gone for uh, Saskia. So is it, you know, is it fate? Is it chance? Um, you know, I, I guess I kind of have my own perspective on that, but it's it's interesting how, um, you know, Slouser kind of uh, plays with that and uh, thinks about how that, plays into our our daily lives. I don't, I don't I'm not really sure. I'd have to think about it more how Slauzer is is thinking about fate mm-hmm. and how it really it seems like he's he's maybe commenting that there there is a, a bit of fate but um he doesn't really put a moment out there that says that for sure because I mean it's really it, to me it seems like chance that he sneezed, right? And yeah. <laughs> then he ends up with, with Saskia, and then it's really kind of um, you could almost say she is the one who um Talks to him, and if if she hadn't done that, then none of this would have happened either. So there's just a you know a, a chain of events. Yeah, I did. Um, and is I, that fate? Is that chance? I wrote
1: down a quote uh, of Raymond's: uh, "The the best plans can be wiped out by a thing we call fate." I, I, I could yeah. have that wrong, and if you think about uh, Saskia and Rex, there they had just overcome or overcome a fight. Uh, you know, what, you could, it's up to you whether you think it's realistic or not. And right. we're on the upturn. You're under the assumption that their relationship was forged and, and it probably would have ended, you know, marriage and a few babies. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden she leaves and turns into the gas station and gets a coffee. So, yeah, I, the best plans were their plans for their future. And their lives, well, her life ended in rather uh, tragic and, uh, I don't want to say gruesome, but, uh, yeah, gruesome yeah. In, in a way. uh, uh harrowing uh, circumstances his life same you know he he has a a a torturous three years and then the same fate so yeah so would you drink
0: (laughs) i boy good question um i would hope not but i i think it's it's hard to you know completely put myself in his shoes Mm -hmm. uh i I think i think you know the director Slauser is asking you to do that um, I, I think after three years I probably would, uh, because, you know, it seems like he just can't get past, um, this event in his life. You know, he has to, um, you know, visit the golden egg, so to speak. How, w- w- would you drink?
1: Oh, yeah. You, you know, I, I, don't think you can put yourself in the shoes of either of these characters. And I think that's actually why, yeah. why there's so, uh, such uh, great, um, exposition and, and why we spend so much time because you're almost justifying mm-hmm. the actions of both of them. So, yeah, I, I, I have not lost anybody like that. Uh well, who has? <laughs> um but I, you know, I haven't been in any, anything remotely similar to those circumstances to no, yeah. yeah, so I, I I really don't know. And I think that's actually the point of the movie is you don't know where human consciousness will take you or where yeah. circumstance will take you. You know, you could be a teacher and a chemistry chemistry teacher that just all of a sudden gets uh, an idea in in your head that you want to do something and right you know? like
0: like making crystal meth right. um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought of breaking bad of course yeah, with that yeah scene. I,
1: I didn't think about that but yeah maybe maybe they uh they watched um, spur loose uh but on yeah, the other on have, the yeah. other hand you can't you, nobody could foresee themselves losing somebody and being obsessed for 3 years and put, putting posters all over town and not moving on too you know yeah. I, i'm sure you've lost people you've loved uh, whether it's romantic or otherwise but you tend to even if they stay with you you tend to get over it uh, you, you're not going to mm-hmm. be even a a relationship i would think that in some ways you would move on after 3 years not totally but i think maybe more than rex i don't i i don't know i can't predict whether i'd drink or not uh on the other hand i do like to know the ending of movies so <laughs> uh, maybe i would drink i don't know
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. I mean, yeah, it's hard to, I I think that's one of the strengths of the film is you really put yourself, I don't know if you put yourself in Raymond's shoes, but you certainly put yourself in Rex's shoes and and try to think of, you know, what, what would you do? And maybe that's part of the horror of the film is, you know, you you hope that something like that never happens to you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you almost want to turn it off. Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to ever be in that, Situation, but th- there was another a reference, something else I noted, Aaron. And I know you haven't seen the film; it's still it's in my top five of the year. Is uh, the Witness, which is um I did talk about it on a Short Take a few shows ago, and comes Harrison into play again Ford? here too. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. It's the documentary about uh Kitty Genovese, oh, right, who right. was. Yeah. Uh, killed in new york city you know and supposedly like 30 people heard it and no one did anything and it's there is a point in that film again where um it's about narratives and the narratives that we build mm-hmm. and you know obsession and he he's asked very similarly to how Rex is asked you know when is this going to be over when's it going to be enough you know when can you move on um, that was the you know the kind of connection i made between the two so well, he should have looked at imdb yeah.
1: in an hour and a half or so <laughs> <laughs> an hour and 40
0: minutes maybe That's right.
1: yeah no I, yeah. I, I i yeah that is that is something I, I see that connection too and even with the the gas station too everybody is oblivious to what's going on and somebody is being abducted yeah. and and actually somebody the the he, he attempted to abduct somebody else and actually got caught but nothing right. was done you know, aside from a little uh, confrontation, a little sn- slap in the face. Nothing was done, you know, at, at least officially. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a uh, quite a quite a yarn. So uh, the golden egg. We've, we've,
0: yeah, we've kind of talked about it, and uh, we we do need to get there. I I really liked the. Um, you know that how th- this is referenced very early in the film. It's her dream of the golden egg, and she's in she's in space in a golden egg, and mm-hmm. there's just this unbearable loneliness. And of course, if you you know picture someone in space, that would be well, one you'd be dead. But you know, two, if you're in a golden egg, it would be lonely. And um, in the time that she references, uh, actually the the day that this uh, happens, actually I think it's the night before the tunnel. Yeah. Um, in her dream, there are two golden eggs. Um, which really comes back into play. Some a
1: foreshadowing, yeah.
0: <laughs> the very last shot.
1: Hello, so. repeat viewers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I, I really. I mean, the the ending itself, and you know, the golden egg is. Uh, Rex is. He wants to know what happened to. Uh, Saskia, he's absolutely mm-hmm. obsessed with it, and his obsession turns into him being buried alive. Uh, is it, yeah, you know, put, is it really? It, and th- that was the question I had. I mean, it's such a such a great scene. I mean, it made me think of like um, I haven't seen the film. I think it's called Buried with Ryan Reynolds, but I haven't seen it. Either. I did think of um, <sighs> Kill Bill two. Uh, there's a scene where yeah. um, you know she's uh, the bride is uh, is stuck, but this is uh, just that much. Uh, worse, you know, he's he's yelling out, and um, yeah, <laughs> we don't see what happened to her. I, we don't we, we yeah. know what happened
1: to her, but we don't see her actual reaction. But yeah, it's uh, it's horrifying. It's I, I use the word harrowing. It's um, it, you just can't wrap your mind around. It. Are, are you claustrophobic?
0: Um, not not that I know of, not to you know a major extent. How about you? A little bit,
1: en- enough that I don't yeah. want to be buried alive. Does that count? Yeah, I, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I certainly don't want to. You know, die alone and uh, over a long period of time. Yeah, well, <laughs> just I do 100%. remember
1: when I when I first saw this. And by the way, I, I saw the remake first,
0: and we'll we'll get into mm. that. But uh, and then
1: when I saw the Dutch version, Dutch slash French, I remember just being like chilled afterward. Like, wow. Uh, you know, I I, I think mm. sad endings, dark endings are good. I, I think you have to keep viewers on on their the edge of their seat, keep them guessing. Yeah. Nowadays, you watch a Hollywood Hollywood film, and right.
0: yeah, I mean Bruce Bruce Willis is going to uh, break into uh, the the box. That's that right, he's, <laughs> um, you know. In and and uh, and save him. A right. uh, little player reference again because of those but, yeah.
1: those screenings in Canoga Park. H- how do you think this would that's this right. would play in Canoga Park?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not very well. No, they they would have definitely changed it to uh, change the ending. Yeah,
1: they would give out uh, razor blades
0: with the comic card. <laughs>
1: Sorry, <laughs> that's dark.
0: <laughs> uh, but it, it is a dark ending. But you know, also I, I think of the final shot, and you know, again how dark that is because it, it does say how it references back to how both of them are missing now, mm-hmm. and uh, I just love how the newspaper kind of fades away and the final shot really is the two of them their faces in their golden eggs right, right? yeah, that's true
1: and and you also you have to remember that the 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 sh- final shot you see them where they're buried uh, under the underneath the two trees if I'm not mistaken. And then the camera right. pans around, so you take in the the whole um, scene. And actually, you're, you're wondering, oh wait, are, are they actually buried there? Are we going to see you right. know the, the actual reveal? But no, the reveal is panning up to the car, where of course they both traveled in, and then the newspaper with the golden eggs. So yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. brilliant ending. It's
0: um, great. Yeah, almost a you know a Romeo and Juliet type ending, uh, reunited in death finally. Yeah. Um, and know, inadvertently, and it, it, there yeah. is a. For how dark it is, there's almost a bit of a release there in that, you know, it it's it, it is so dark, you know, I just gotta say that. But so you're saying it's a happy you know, they,
1: ending,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite go there, but, you know, it, the fact that, like, it would almost be in some way sadder if they, at the movie, ends and they are still apart, mm-hmm. right? At least they're, yeah. they're together, yeah. you know? If he hadn't drunk, he'd still be searching for Saskia, and it, we'd almost feel worse. I, I, I guess spiritually
1: they're in the same golden omelet, are you saying? That's,
0: that's right. <laughs> With some mushrooms and some, you know, green peppers. There should have
1: been some milk in the final scene. Um, uh, no, that's, uh, that,
0: that is, that's awful, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: no, but and have you seen the American remake?
0: I haven't. No. Okay. Well, I I saw the American Should remake I? first.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, I know I, mm. it's. I think it's available at Twilight Time. I, I wouldn't, even though it, we we profess our love that's for right. Twilight Time. I wouldn't recommend blind buying it because it is disappointing. And spoilers for people that haven't seen the American remake. I guess you included. Sorry, Mark. But um, that's all right. Yeah, she she gets or he gets rescued. At the end, uh, he the, everything. Yeah. I mean, no, more or less, plays out the same uh, with uh, Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland. Jeff Bridges plays the the Raymond character, and he's he's actually really good. And I'd say Sutherland is as well. And um, hmm. the girl is was it Nancy Travis? Boy, I, I forget. I'll have to check. But uh, um, and and he get or I can't remember if that was the girlfriend or the, there's two girlfriends. As and, you know, in in this movie, they split up. Because he can't get That's over Saskia. Right. And I, I it's been a while. I, I didn't have any desire to rewatch the American one. But
0: yeah. uh, they. The, the names are changed, too. So Sandra Bullock plays Diane Sandra Shaver. Bullock, Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Nancy okay, Travis. So she's was, the
0: Saskia character?
1: No, I think it's the other way around. Oh, wow. Well, it's way it's around, been okay. a. a yeah. I, I saw it in theaters when it came out. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, I was. You know, young. So I, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. And and I remember even then the mm. the American remake, even with uh, Sandra Bullock was the girlfriend. This this was yeah, a, okay. a player kind of <laughs> kind of situation here. Traffic is a bitch. <laughs> uh, if, for those who've seen <laughs> yeah. the player, they'll get that. Um, so yeah, Sandra Bullock is the like the the girlfriend, and she has a more prominent role in the American remake. And then they um, and, and then she rescues she digs him out basically. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. A little bit of a. a uh, yeah a little silly uh, typical American ending yeah. yeah but it still was okay but I mm-hmm. I think you can fall, find fault with the ending and Slouser, uh, you know he's got to play by Hollywood's rules but I I don't think he could have won that fight
0: yeah that's true yeah that's a good point they, they probably did make him I'm sure there's some trivia there they probably did make him change it or maybe because you know it was uh, a remake maybe he wanted to change it but I I doubt it I doubt it
1: yeah <laughs> And yeah. I haven't read the book, but I have a feeling. Given that the title is "The Golden Egg," I have a feeling that uh, it it is pretty much uh, plays out exactly as uh, the the Dutch film. Yeah. So yeah, I I would w- I'd recommend it someday, but it's not essential. You've seen the yeah. Essential. It's one of
0: those. It's one of those movies, Aaron. You know, I I did see Twilight Time came out, and I, I was just afraid. And of course, now knowing the ending even more, I I may not pick it up because I I didn't want it to kind of dampen my. Uh, and this will get into our film rating my uh, (laughs) (laughs) feelings about the original uh, because I'm a fan of the original and so, and remakes maybe can do that. I was kind of thinking about the Henneke film. Um, I, I did actually see the, the first version of um, Funny Games mm-hmm. first, the American version, okay. and then went back and watched the original. And I like both of them a lot. And I'm just afraid if I watch the American, it will affect my feeling about the original Vanishing. Yeah,
1: I like those two a lot. And I think another comparison is uh, Let the Right One In and Let Me In. Oh, yeah. Uh, also hmm. good remake, uh, but it's rare, you know, maybe the ring you know people that like the ring you probably like the mm-hmm. american version of the ring but uh yeah usually uh on that same note uh, there was the, the dark water uh, uh remade with jennifer Con- connelly and sure. it was terrible uh, yeah it's awful yeah so I, I i would say it's not terrible but it's not it, you're going to be pissed off at the ending i'll just say that yeah. so i i yeah. probably just especially if you've seen the original yeah mm-hmm. so all right well yeah it's uh, available from t- twilight time go watch it <laughs>
0: yep and uh, so, you know, this Criterion edition. Uh, what would you? Well, talking about the film itself, what would you give uh, the Vanishing as a rating, Aaron?
1: Well, I, I, like I mentioned, I had seen this before, and I I, I kind of was surprised to, to go into Letterbox and when I did the little diary to see I'd given it a, a four stars out of out of five. Um, so yeah, I, I guess memory wasn't as kind to it as I as I expected. I, of course, that's a great rating, <laughs> but mm-hmm. really, really, I. I Really love this movie, and really love it even more on this this viewing, and and also Excellent. parsing all these little details with you. Uh, yeah, thinking, Good a, thinking about it. Yeah, so I'm actually gonna go pretty high here. I'm I, I love this. I, I'd say it's among my favorite horror films. So I'm gonna say nine five.
0: Excellent. Yeah. That's. That's fabulous. I, I I'm I'm a nine. Uh, I I could probably go nine five, but uh, you know I, I'll just stick with what I put in my notes. I I love it. Um, I've seen it once, seeing it again. I think it just gets better and better as you can really recognize the filmmaking and how he's putting this together. And I'm just surprised he couldn't put some of the things that he's working with together to make another great film. I mean, he, he's um, hate to say, but kind of a one hit wonder um, cinematically. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. It's it's one of the it's whether you want to call it a, a thriller, psychological horror, all those elements together, it's uh, it's fantastic, mm-hmm. one of the um, you know, I probably a top 10 <laughs> type of film for me. So Yeah,
1: and as you as you mentioned, it's it's actually a great example too of the, if you want to praise foreign films and how daring yeah. they can be. Well, here's your example. <laughs> uh yeah. there are a lot of films we love that we've talked about here if they made them in America, you know, I, what about the American remake of Persona? How would that play out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't even know if any American director could make that. Yeah, but, I guess Altman I mean, kind of did it, but very different film. Yeah, very different film.
1: So That's true. love this That's film. Uh, I'm glad we we discussed it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh how about the supplements? Um there is uh I was noting back cuz I thought I remembered it was pretty um, there weren't much and or there wasn't much on the dVd there's only a different essay and the trailer and here we get the an upgrade uh, and some worthy supplements, two new supplements there's a, a interview with the director mm-hmm. and there's an interview with stagege the actress so uh, what would you think about the interview with uh, Slauser?
1: It was okay uh, the one thing actually i I kind of wish he had gone to the american remake he didn't didn't mention it at, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of it was your typical director interview talking about the cast. I, I did like the the story of him and Tim Krabbe. I, I can't do that, mm-hmm. can't do that R. Krabbe <laughs> job showing me up there. <laughs> Good job. Uh, Sorry. So yeah, and I I like people aren't often honest about those disagreements about uh, sure. telling. And I'm sure that happens all the time where people the, the author gets mad about how the uh, the director adapts the story. Uh, so I, I liked the honesty. The, the rest was okay. I, actually, well, I did like the honesty about uh, Donadue and his uh, his uh, fiery behavior on set yeah. and how um, yeah. how Stige, uh reacted towards that. And actually, I kind I, I mm-hmm. kind of see that that kind of informs how uh, the the characters came out and you know how that was corrected. And yeah. and then you have the the creepy nice guy, uh, creepy if you know. <laughs> well, of course you know. Uh, so yeah, I think that probably did help the 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 final product having him be this so you know excuse me the phrase my language but the shitty eating grin uh, you know the, the Eddie <laughs> Haskell yeah. uh, uh, artificiality so um so yeah I, I th- thought it was an interesting interview um, but of course I you know I would have taken a two hour interview or commentary on the film so yeah
0: uh. yeah versus versus the interview yeah. oh and one one cool thing yes. was the Kubrick uh,
1: yeah. I, I won't go into that, but I, I thought that was cool how, how Kubrick was worked into that, so.
0: Yes, loved it. Yeah, it, it, I, I felt like uh, watching this movie again, I, I loved it so much that I, I felt, uh, you know, like Kubrick was really supporting uh, my feelings about yeah. the film. So I felt, because I wasn't sure, should I love it this much? Because I really love it. I do too. <laughs> and yeah. He did yeah. too. So It's okay. Yeah, I, and you did too. I was glad to hear it's that. It's okay.
1: Kubrick Kubrick approves. Kubrick. Yep. Kubrick or, or Kubrick, approval. I don't know.
0: I don't know. There uh, there was a, if you want to uh, say there's another criterion connection that he noted too, and I, I've been wanting to go back and to see this, but uh, the, uh, was it Bernard uh, Donadue, um, he was in a film, uh, Beatrice, which I hear is a little bit of a rough go, kind of a period piece, but starring Julie Delphi and uh, director Bernard uh, Travernier, which is actually mm. out of print um, well, I shouldn't say that's out of print. I, I tried to find it, couldn't find it, but he has a film in the collection, Coupe de Torchon, which is which is out of print on DVD, which I have, but just haven't seen. So, um, yeah, made me want to kind of go back and watch those. Oh, cool! I, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, Tavernier uh, is a, a notable director, uh, very talented. So uh, he, I think he's worked on some other. French, I think he came up through the French New Wave, but uh, started directing a little that's later. Right. Yeah, so.
0: So the—and, uh, of course, the other supplement uh, was with the, the act, actress uh, Joanna um, Stiege, and it talked about her, how she kind of came up, and uh, this did—this was another interview that took place in 2014, so I, again, I think the Blu-ray came out a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and talks about her developing the character. She was in her third year in theater, theater school, and um, I know actually Slouser references this too, with uh, how— um, the cast there was a casting director that had come across her, and um, he Slawzer wanted to have a character that actually looked like his daughter, right? Uh, which is <laughs> just makes this that much more harrowing. Speaking of like, fate, why would you? <laughs> yeah, and she she actually colored her hair a little bit red to fit in with the, the character because his daughter, um, you know, had red hair. But and she she references how she's only in the film for about eleven minutes, eight of it with you know with George. Yeah. And, um she speaks to the character, which I liked. You know, I, I, I got a sense of the character of Saskia, but it's nice to get her kind of input on it because she did um, you know, focus four, uh, four weeks on the script and then four on the character. So you get some nice um, kind of insights. And as I alluded to before, she was kind of horrified by watching this film. Um, again, wondering, you know, what is he trying to, to tell people? You know, is it some kind of... And she doesn't say why, but, you know, I was thinking of, is it, you know, some kind of a um, warning to people to, st- you know, stay with the people you love? Like, I, I kept thinking sure. of... Yeah. I, I knew what was going to happen, and when she goes to um, to the, the gas station into the store to get the soda and beer, you just want to, sh- um, you know, yell out right. to Rex, like, <laughs> go with her, don't leave yeah, her. Yeah, I know, know, really, Rex. Really. You know, it's going to... You know, it's gonna it's gonna happen. And of course, they feel safer here because there's more people. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I think we like this movie. We yeah. sure do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good, good, uh, good supplement. So, what would you give uh, the Criterion rating overall? Well, I, I love the
1: movie, but I, I, you know, only two supplements. Even though uh, I, sometimes it's nice to get through the disc uh, pretty quickly, would have liked a lot more. Uh, and sure. some of that I think lays it uh, on the shoulders of the original DVD having nothing. Um, Exactly. But yeah, I think this uh, a, cal, a release a release of this caliber just really deserves a stacked release. Uh, it's kind of disappointing that it didn't have you know I, maybe I could live without a commentary, but you know a visual essay would have been great. Uh, yeah, uh, something about the American, even though they don't have the rights to the American version, you know at least mentioning it, mentioning mm-hmm. what happened there. I think would have been interesting. I, so yeah, I'll I'll give it a. A seven and that's mainly based on the, just how amazing this film is but uh and the supplements were good but not uh not that good not good enough right
0: yeah i i gave it a seven two really for the supplements and i actually gave for the transfer itself we're two for two yeah it's another 4k scan of the original camera negative um i felt like uh carnival souls was a little bit more wowy to me so i gave it a nine mm-hmm. but it's a you know really great transfer and i'm sure best uh it's a dvd in every way so
1: oh, it did look good um, yeah
0: yeah it looked really nice so uh canon worthy
1: absolutely
0: yep yep and you know you, you mentioned this before any film that uh, we give you know a 9 or greater is uh, is worthy of the canon even though there it is light in the supplements uh, mm-hmm. film wise it it definitely belongs there it's uh, fantastic i hope folks uh do check it out uh, if you've seen it uh, I'm assuming you have. If you've gotten this far, it's it's worth revisiting. Absolutely, yep. I could oh, I could revisit do. this all yeah. the time. And even though it's
1: 1988, it really feels like modern suspense, and it really feels like one of the those benchmarks of modern suspense. I, I don't think it's sure. really been matched too well. And maybe maybe some have come close. Actually, Insomnia that that's another one that's been uh, remade in America. Yep. Actually, that was a decent I remake. Thought about that uh, one, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, no, I, I'd say it's phenomenal film uh great film for october even if there's no guy behind a mask or a monster right (laughs) but but it's just no blood just a scary no blood yeah yeah you don't need blood you don't you you can do a lot without it with uh, just good writing good um good acting and good camera work
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) agreed yeah it's it's well well worth it i really just uh like this one uh, quite a bit, so it, it's it's uh, it's you know another one American remake you mentioned of Insomnia. Hated the ending of that film. Yeah. Um, definitely go back and rewatch. I think the first one uh, would be a good you know horror month uh, rewatch. So yeah, definitely check that out. Well, that's uh, that's the vanishing. Uh, yeah, we talked quite a bit on it. So obviously, we liked it. Is canonized, um, but um, wanted to thank everyone for listening and uh, plug some more. You know, tell a friend, send us an email feedback at criterioncloseup.com. Send us some feedback at criterioncu, and uh, message us or make a comment at criterion uh, at Facebook slash criterion closeup. And would love some more iTunes reviews and star ratings. So definitely reach out. We'd love to see give us
1: you. some love. Don't put us in our golden egg, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> where right. nobody can
0: find us. <laughs> uh, where can folks find you? Where can folks find you online? If you didn't hear that, uh, I'm on Twitter,
1: A-West <laughs> 505
0: Of course, and uh, I'm yeah, at Mark Herney on Twitter, H-U-R-N-E. And uh, yeah, well, just as we'd mentioned before, our next episode will be house. house. So thank you for listening to Criterion Close-Up, and as soon as we get out of this golden egg box, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Got the vanishing coming up. Um, Andrea's awake. Hey, Andrea. Yes? Oh, hi, Mark.
0: Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Andrea.
1: Uh, we just talked about Tape Heads. Oh, okay. I missed that. Mark, uh, Mark saw it. Mark and Stephanie saw it on, on your recommendation.
0: Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all your fault, Andrea. <laughs> she can't hear you. Um, I figured
1: it's, it's their new favorite movie of all time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to listen to the podcast. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, not so much. They loved it. Oh, good. Mark just said, Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 up there with Citizen Kane.
1: So it's the Citizen Kane of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> God, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode.
0: <laughs> you you lying bastard. <laughs>